welcome to Getting Better Acquainted. I'm Dave, and I'm the person who puts this stuff together. At the moment, I'm in the process of making some changes in my life in terms of where I live. So I'm in the process of moving from London to Lancaster, which was where I went to university and I stayed there a few years after that. But I haven't been there for 15 years and I'm going back. And so I'm in the process of sorting that out. Because of that, I've decided that I'm going to put out some replayed episodes for the next four weeks. And these next four weeks happen to be the four weeks of the Edinburgh Festival, which is a festival I love that I used to go to every year, but haven't been able to go to for a few years due to life and finances. And every year when you're not in Edinburgh, but you used to go to Edinburgh, it's a bittersweet thing because you see all of your friends go and you hear about their amazing shows and you kind of wish you were back there. But also, you know, Edinburgh's a mixed bag of things. It's quite complicated to deal with in terms of mental health in some ways and all sorts of things like that so you also kind of are reminded of the reasons why it's quite nice not to be in Edinburgh Uh, so you're filled with lots of different emotions or at least I am and because of that I thought that the four episodes that I would put out would be live shows that I've recorded at the Edinburgh Festival so on the show there could be a sense of that thing that I'm missing out of that wonderful thing that is the experience of taking a show to the Edinburgh Festival. Some context for all four conversations. Most of them were recorded in 2014 and one of them was recorded in 2015. The people that you're listening to are the versions of us from four years ago. So there will be changes between us then and us now. There'll be changes in terms of the kinds of things we're talking about. We may have chosen to change our language or we may have learned more about things or whatever. So I don't always agree or like the way that I express myself in all of these episodes, even though it's a closer version of me than I normally put out when I put out Getting Better Acquainted replayed. I still don't always agree with myself and I'm sure the same goes for my guests. Another thing to keep in mind is the shows we're talking about are no longer the current shows. Please don't go to those venues. That's not happening this year. These are time captures from the past uh, and so none of the details are relevant anymore. The first live episode I'm replaying is with Faye Roberts. Faye has got some shows that are happening at the Edinburgh Festival that you should check out. So we talk a lot about Other Voices, a spoken word cabaret show that Faye runs and hosts. And that is back this year as per usual so do look out for other voices at the edinburgh festival this year it's a regular show and it has a different bill every time so you can actually build other voices into your general edinburgh experience as a kind of thing that you go to every day to check out people and also because those people are often doing other shows it's a really good opportunity to try before you buy and and it's part of the free fringe so you can pay what you can afford and so it's a great thing to factor into your day Faye is also doing a solo show called The Selkie, A Song of Many Waters. So do look out for that. I'll put links to both of those things in the show notes for this episode, or you can Google them. But if you like what you hear in this podcast and you happen to be at the Edinburgh Festival this year, do go and check out Other Voices and Faye's solo show, because I'm sure that they're both going to be amazing. 
Okay, so uh, Getting Better Acquainted is a podcast that I do, it's a weekly podcast that I make. Um, it's a, I don't know, it's kind of a journey to try and find out how to listen better to people, because it's a skill that I don't know how well I possessed when I started this project. I'm good at talking, not necessarily listening. Um, so I've been doing it for quite a few years, had hundreds of conversations now with people that I know, uh, from my closest friends and family to uh, someone I might have once just bumped into at a party. That's the idea. It's generally a chance to, to listen to, there's a lot of shows about famous people, and this is a show about you know, people who aren't famous. Uh, that's how it started off. Although now there's, you know, some people who are, you could call famous have, have, have appeared on the show now. But I, I like to think of it as like treating famous people as if they're normal. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of, and it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's lots of different things. Uh, it's a conversation. Uh, it's an uh, autobiography through conversation, I guess. And uh, it's also a kind of oral history project because mm. we're capturing all these people in a year, you know, in a, in a moment um, and uh, all of that stuff. So yeah, that's what Getting Better Acquainted is. Yes. You can find it at www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk and this is the theme tune. I want to get better Please make me better I want to get better Today, we're getting better acquainted with Faye Roberts. Uh, hello, Faye. Hello. All right, Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm going to move this a little bit closer to you because I know uh, yeah, gentle, you are known as, some, by some people, as the Welsh, the Welsh whisperer. whisperer right? Yes, so yeah. I have to get nice and close to you uh, and just make sure that's recording. Yes, it is. Brilliant. Fantastic. So, yes. So, Faye, uh, the first question that I ask everybody is, mm. how do you know me? I know you because last year you uh, wanted to bring stand-up tragedy to spoken word, to the uh, PBH spoken word section, um, and so I got to know you through that, I think, finding out more about what stand-up tragedy was about. Um, I attended a couple, one in London and one in Edinburgh, um, and yeah, it was just... That's that's it, really. That's how it started. Yeah, that's, that's how I know you. I know you through through spoken word. That's right. And your your team and and you specifically, you're always very good at supporting other people. You oh, turn up nice. to everyone else's. You've got that genuine sort of, we're all in this together, and it should all be awesome kind of thing, and we can all be awesome together. Yay! Which is which is lovely. Which is pretty much what we're trying to foster with the spoken word section anyway. Right. So it, it just seemed to it fitted really lovely. Well, we, we've certainly felt very at home with, with mm. the uh, spoken word section and we've been delighted by how the, it's, there is a community feeling yeah. amongst poets. Uh, and everyone thinks poets... I don't know, our, our, our ideas of what poets are have changed so much <laughs> because poets actually turn out to be really social and pleasant and, yeah. pleasant and easy to be around. And I do a mixed bill show and comedians are, are different from poets, I've discovered. <laughs> and they're, not, not, they're not, not worse, but just different. Different, yeah. more, more, more loners in a way, and that surprised me because I thought that poets would be loners. We have different pressures on us, I think, as performers. Um, for us, every time someone attends a poetry show and finds that they like poetry, it's a triumph for all of us because it's still, it's still, it's still a reasonably marginalised sort of. Uh, art form right. people are still kind of saying poetry was really I, I did poetry school and I didn't I didn't like that and certainly I didn't like it in school it's I, I, I get the impression it's getting better it's getting more dynamic and all the rest of it but people still kind of go 
I don't even know what that is. Or, you know, you're handing out flyers and for every one person who goes, oh, spoken word? And you just go, really? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, we're doing poetry. Other people, we do have that thing where people go past, they peer it and they go, um, no, thanks. Like this. So just to hear the word poetry and, and, and kind of hackles rise, it's, um, yeah, it's a shame. And but, it is a shame because, yeah. I mean, that's another thing that I've discovered. I mean, I wrote poetry when I was younger. I, I do like poetry, mm. but somewhere along the line, the, the prejudices within society kind of entered my own sort of thinking mm. and I stopped yeah. writing poetry as much. And, uh, and, and then I thought, oh, yeah, I'd, when, I, when I was sort of coming up to be part of the spoken word, I thought, oh, you know, what are these shows going to be like? And actually, <laughs> last year... The spoken word shows were consistently the show, some of the best mm-hmm. shows I saw, yeah. and they were they blew me away in all sorts of directions. Like you know, that's the thing. A, a poet can be about anything; they can have any perspective exactly. on the world. So you yeah. can get something dark, and you can get something light. You can get something funny, and you can get something serious. Everything. Yeah. It, it really is. I, I think it's. I, I was talking about this with someone uh, last year. So, like I say, we have different pressures, and everyone's sitting in a in a, in a comics audience. Everyone thinks they're funny. Everyone thinks a they know what a good joke is, and they also know that they can they can tell a good joke. Most people think that they're comedians, so you have this. Everyone has a high bar to get over in the audience already. With poetry, I guess either people know poetry and they know it's hard to do, or they have no idea, so they think it's hard to do. So if you can do poetry, that's you've already won, kind of thing. So you're you're against a different pressure. More, more people are going to be sitting in the audience going, "Well, I can't do that," or "I already know how hard that is to do." So, like I say, the the the, the pressures are, are different, and I think I suspect just because of the sheer numbers of of comedians out there, the the competition yeah. is going to be much tougher. Yeah. We're still at a stage, especially in the fringe, where we can just support each other. We can just say, "If you like this." go and see my friend's show kind of thing we get, you get a lot of that you go and see I've just been to see Sophia Walker's like heartbreaking show Can't Care oh, Won't Can't Care Won't Care oh. but she starts it asking what other shows people have seen she's right. kind of getting people into this idea of what it's about she's putting her theatre blacks on she's kind of getting into the place where she's going to deliver it but she's also asking the audience what, have you, what else have you seen what are your recommendations and she also recommends spoken word shows she's seen yeah and it's and that's kind of typical. I mean, with our show, with the cabaret show, it's all about showcasing people who've got other stuff, or you know, just you right. know, just going to be wandering around doing other things. We encourage people to come on the open mic and then plug their show or whatever. It's a big part of yeah, it's a key part of what other voices is about. But I'm amazed at how many other solo shows who don't right. don't even need to do this, not even their raison d'etre, still saying. If you like this, go and see someone else's. Yeah. And it's and not even... I mean, most of it is we're recommending each other on the free fringe, but we're also saying, actually, you know what, I saw the show, and yes, I paid £10 for it, but really, right. it's worth it, go see it. For example, Lucy Ayrton's show. It keeps coming <laughs> up, that does keep coming up, yeah. Yeah, The Splitting of the Mermaid, if anybody's listening while the fringe is still on. Yeah. Uh, definitely a recommendation if you're going to pay some money, that's the one to, to, to go for. Go for it. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 it's... Spoken word is—it's been a kind of nice revelation to me, and I guess you know, in a way, you've been part of the kind of people shepherding me into that world. Okay. You know, uh, when I sort of because I mean, I knew Richard Tyrone Jones, who had been on Stand Up Tragedy before, and uh, and when we were coming up, it was like, well, where are we going to fit? We we do all of these different things, and mm. Richard was very much you, your spoken word. Everything you do is spoken word, and it mm. made me oh, oh yes, it's, that's what spoken word is, right? That's what I do, mm. you know, in my podcast. It's spoken word. It's just definitely. a different format. For yes, that. definitely. And so it was, it was exciting to realise that it could be anything, and then yeah, we we approached you, and the nice thing is, uh, you sort of you you kind of 
booked us or let us come into the into the free fringe you you approved us mm. and and but then we got to kind of showcase you at our show as well like uh, in the run-up to last year so that yeah was really which, is, which is which is a lovely moment i mean sometimes you spend so much time doing the admin before you come up to um <sighs> yeah. to, to the fringe that you you haven't had a chance to do much performing so any chance you get in july to sort of hone your oh hey new audience kind of thing um is, is a really really welcome um you have to kind of get that muscle memory back of um, impressing a new audience because you're going to have to do it every single day yeah. for three weeks, apart from your days off. My day off, which is this is my this is one of my days yeah. off Wednesdays. <laughs> I am doing more <laughs> things. I, I've worked this out. I'm seeing more other people's shows. I'm taking part in more other people's shows, and it's been the same throughout the fringe. Right. Is, is doing is doing more more things on my day off than than I do the rest of the time. But um, anyway, um, yes. Yeah, so you do. You have to. That whole engaging with a new audience, not just people who know you, you'll get the in jokes. You can sort of fast forward through it, and we, we, yeah, and we. How, how do you warm up people very quickly? How do you, in the less than twenty seconds, people are passing you on the mile? How do you say this is my show? You're going to like it. This is my show. You're going to like it. This is my show. You're going to like it. That's um, yeah. That that needs some warming up to. But that's and that's something that always impresses me about you. I mean, I've been really impressed by your actual poetry, by your actual work. Wow, it's thank it's you. very important to, to say that. Um, and that, like when you did that uh, first performance on Standard Tragedy, I was like, ah, wow, uh, this <laughs> okay. is really you know brilliant stuff. And and it's nice to see a presence on stage that's very uh, measured and you know inner. Uh, an inner presence that okay. you can that ca- you kind of captivate. You know, there's a lot of very loud, outgoing, da da da, and and but but you kind of have that kind of capturing the silence in the room, Lovely. which is exciting. I like that. Um, but but the other thing that impresses me about what you do is you're a host, right? Which is what I yes, do. yeah. Um, and you, but you are very very good at that of, of warming up the audience, of having a kind of relationship with the audience, and you know, in a way that I've sort of like. You know, I, I, I only hope to achieve. I mean, I'll achieve it in a different way because my sure, my yeah. thing is being awkward in public. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, it, it's like it's taken me a while. Remember, you're seeing. I've been doing this for a while now. Before I was doing poetry, I was doing. Um, I was a singer, and I was conducting choirs, and I was um, you know leading audiences with that. And that used to be the hardest thing. Because when you're a conductor, you've actually got your back to the audience. So you sing along with the choir and you're, you're leading them and you bring them along. And yes, of course, you have to be welcome and you have to be able to guide people through the rehearsal. But in the actual performance with all those strangers, they're behind you most of the time. I used to hate that bit where I used to have to turn around and talk to the audience. Partly as well because my, as you said, the, the, the quiet speaking voice for which I am uh, sadly known in some <laughs> ways. But it, yeah, it's just become a thing, I guess. Um, um, it's... It, my singing voice is huge. Yeah, it's it is. Years of just years of training. You know, whether it's just singing from a young age and then actual formal training means that I can, I can fill a church with just my singing voice. Even these days when I don't do that much singing, um, but making that translation to speaking projection, well, I'm reasonably good at that. My my big speaking voice is a bit Margaret Thatchery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, um, it's modulating that. So um, yeah, when people go, oh, we don't need the we don't need the microphone. I go, I'm not going to need the microphone. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's like it's just because the big boomy voice, the, my big kind of like circus barker voice that that I do for on the mile or whatever, or kind of getting people to to move, shut up, do their thing, um, is different. It doesn't fit with the poetry that I do. The kind of where I've gravitated towards. Because I, I think, like everyone, I've, I've I've tried writing funny and I've tried writing um, 
stampy and occasionally I get like a really angry poem out but you have to you have to write the poem that's coming just thing I'm sure like everyone who's ever written anything or drawn anything or choreographed anything you do find yourself sometimes thinking I should be making that piece of art and you're, you're trying to like chisel something into somewhere it's not supposed to go yeah you just stop struggling just, stop struggling yeah, yeah the, the, it's, it's like I always think of it a bit like sculpture I mean the, the wood knows where it's where it's going to go and sometimes you have to follow that rather than following this blueprint in your head um, I've had poems that have turned off in a completely separate direction and have been the, the, the richer for it because I've just let them have their their way um, I know people who talk about tunes that have done that and I'm, right. you know, I've seen interpretive yeah. dancers who've done the same thing I wasn't expecting to do that but that was actually the, the true thing the authentic thing to do um, it's something you see with slams as well you can have someone get up and they've got like they've got the technique down they've got the patter down they've their um, their projection is flawless their timing is excellent they've got fantastic breath control the words are funny or, or hard hitting or whatever but it's not true right and what people want from poetry is for it to yeah I mean hit them intellectually for sure but also hit them emotionally right if you just wanted it intellectual, you wouldn't necessarily be heading for poetry. Right. And so I see in poetry slams, you can ha- that some sometimes the, the the cleverest, loudest person wins, but more often it's a person who's true. Now you can be clever, and loud, and true yeah. for sure. Those people are just like wow, the sort of the, the shining diamonds of the scene yeah. or whatever. If you can do all of those things, that's extraordinary. But time and again, when you see the slams, especially because Cambridge doesn't have much of a slam scene except I run as you know around Hammer and Tongue uh, the Hammer and Tongue franchise in, in Cambridge and it doesn't have much of a slam or even that much of a performance poetry scene because it's 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 a lot more academic there's a lot more uh, poetry readings and a lot more about page poetry in Cambridge and we're changing that but um, because of that we don't have a slam style you have um, there's American slam style and, and increasingly a London slam style that yeah. you don't get in Cambridge you'll have like say eight poets get up and one of them will read a sonnet and one of them will do something that's approaching rap and one of them will do something that's like a hilarious end rhyme thing and someone will just do a series of chained haiku and someone else will do some like glorious bit of, of, of free verse and they're all different and they're all lovely and because they don't feel constrained to, to specifically be something they're just a little bit more authentic and we have quite often with the end of people's tour and they really, they, they always say, I mean, they love, they love the Hammer and Tongue tour. But one of the things they keep saying, sorry, I'll get oh, close no, to yeah, the microphone. Right. One of the things they keep saying about the Cambridge scene is that it's, it's, it's not homogenous. It is very, very different. It's one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm loving about doing poetry in Cambridge is that anything goes. Right. For such a, in, in some ways, such a small scene still, it's still very diverse. And that's yeah. Good. Yeah, and that, well, that's exciting. I mean, I, that I like diverse builds. Obviously, yeah. I mean that's part of what I try to achieve at Standard Poetry yeah. is, is diversity in all of its meanings. Um, is is what I want to see on my stage. Although I've done terrible this year with at Edinburgh with my gender mix. I'm normally really mm. good on gender, um, but I've been really uh, like I've had some shows that have just been men, and that's been, made me very annoyed. Uh, but the, but other areas of diversity have been much better this mm. year. So it swings and roundabouts, I guess. Absolutely, um, but but and but I mean not just in those kind of terms. I also want diverse kinds of art styles, voices. Voices, I think that's usually the best because that's why we call it other voices. It's the, it's the most concise way of saying here's a whole range of things, whether it's people's backgrounds or their styles or their stories or you know 
colour, gender, physical ability, sexuality, whatever it is, that's still what makes up your voice. It's a very postmodern kind of way of putting right. it, but your your life informs your voice. Yeah. So the quick the quickest and simplest way I've found of saying it is voice. You know, so yeah, range of voices. And we've had on our on our stage this year for other voices, which is, again, as you know, is about that diversity, about saying yeah. the poetry performance poetry scene isn't just white, straight, cisgendered able-bodied men or whatever Me. you know <laughs> <laughs> that's fine okay fine. No, I, I, I'm a fleet yeah right. yeah exactly so uh, <laughs> no but you know and it's not to say that isn't a good thing and that that, that that talented folk telling their stories and there isn't a great thing sure it's just that we see a lot of that and we wanted to say here all the people you you often only see as a token so I, I know for example and I'm not the only person on our bill who has this story where you have someone ring you up or email and you say oh I would really like it if you come so you can balance the lineup. And you think, why don't you just say, I'd like you because you're talented, yeah, or right. I'd like you because you're a good poet, or whatever. I'd like you to come balance the lineup. And these are people who are trying hard to be politically correct. Yeah. And you turn up and you're the one woman, or in my case, the one queer disabled woman on a bill of blokes. And you think, that's not balanced though, is it? I mean, we're 50% of the population. You, there are a lot of female poets out there, and there are a lot of extraordinary female poets out yeah, there. Yeah, very much so. And it's just about. So I don't know. That's that's where the voices in graphic came from. Is that kind of I felt st- it's like when it's well you know you get towards the end of the French. You know this thing. You're starving for particular kinds of food because you've been eating a lot of the same kind of <laughs> shit. So it's the same kind of thing with 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 art. You if you've seen a lot of the same kind of thing, no matter how good it is, part of you is starving for something for that variety for something else. And um, it's been amazing to get that. And one of the things that I'm that makes me pleased we hadn't managed so so well last year is that we've had a lot, um, a lot more trans voices Brilliant. on uh, on our bill and and including one person who is uh, neutra and that was a challenge for me because I've not met in in real life someone who defines themselves as they right and, oh, right. That, and that was a, that was um, that was interesting to spot how I I don't think in those terms and how I had to change my thinking in order to kind of fit someone into my world model. And no matter how open-minded I and, and non-chauvinistic I think I might be, that I strive not to be, I, I know it's going to happen. Well, you, you're in the same society. You're getting exactly the same messages. You just have yeah. less of the, uh, the, the privileges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I am a, a, a white, um, yeah. um, invisibly disabled these days, um, a middle-class woman. I, there are that I can't not acknowledge the privileges that I've had in right, my life. Indeed, I've not struggled with my gender identity. Yeah, I'm quite genderqueer, but you know what? That's not actually difficult this day and age. Right, right, right. In, in a lot of ways, you can just kind of go, eh. But I'm not. I'm not kind of tied to it. Whereas people who feel a, a gender dysphoria or feel that um, a, a label of, of, of male or female is not adequate to their own personal feelings, that's something I've not experienced, and that's got to be hard. But I hadn't, I hadn't properly sort of made it into like the inner circle of my brain. I was just kind of went, okay, brilliant. And this is a fantastic performer who I'd see. She, see, I've done it again. They'd um, come on our open mic last year and then wrote this year to say, yeah, could I do more? And I said, well, might you consider being on our, our cast? And listened to some amazing stuff on their SoundCloud, which was kind of. Um, soundscape stuff with old English, kind of mixing up modern English and old English chanting and, and music and stuff, and it was just hypnotic. And I went, yeah, please, please come and be on our cast. And because uh, they're also um, 
disabled, they couldn't do all the kind of the flyering and thing. They then went and searched through the entire um, catalogue of shows, came up with a spreadsheet of feminist and queer shows that it would be good to go and see and exit flyer. Wow. And I just went, you've only you've been here less than 24 hours and you've come up with a spreadsheet of... Good God, thank you. Not just for the amazing poetry you've brought, but also just just entering into the spirit and the... Um, that, that kind of working together, everyone right. bringing their own skill that they're good at. Some people are great at flowering. Some people are terrified yeah, yeah. to their boots of flowering. And some people are terrified of flowering and do it anyway. One of our cast members, who I, I didn't really know very well, I just have seen before and said, please come and do this, who you could tell she was just, this is going to be horribly hard. It's not something I find easy. And she went out there and she did it and she was spending like an hour and a half just standing there going, have a flyer, have a flyer, have a flyer, and afterwards going, that wasn't horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing seeing people, we've seen people stretch themselves so much this year as well, just in terms of the quality of the stuff they're bringing, the things they find difficult that they've been doing, yeah. just to make it all happen. And it's important to provide spaces for, yeah. for, for, for not just for other voices, but for people to be able to talk about the things they do find difficult. Yeah. Like That is something we've been able to do with Stand Up Tragedy a lot of the time, which I didn't actually Absolutely. expect to necessarily yeah. happen when I started it. Like at this at this festival, we've had kind of a theme, I, I guess, of, of people telling really personal experiences Ooh. of depression. Um, and uh, it's been like good to be able to provide a safe space where people can listen together. I mean, I tried to have a kind of content note element to my mm. shows. And in fact, you know, you were in one of the most content note appropriate shows of The Fringe, but it was a great, you know, that was almost, I felt like that was almost our other voices show because, you know, that was a day when we got the, the balance back Just right. extraordinary yeah. as well, though. Um, I, I just, I, I've stu- I literally, I'm, I'm feeling the hair stand up my arm remembering that show. That was extraordinary. We were talking about that for days. And then Tamo Katan came and did um, our other voices yeah, show. Yeah, that was great. I and it's something completely, you were there, he did something completely different. Again, he'd been going to talk about, um, which I didn't even know, for your show and for our show, each time he'd been going to talk about um, the, abuse, the abuse he received as a child and he was going to be sharing that. Um, but each time, kind of world events, you know... Got in the way. Got in the way. Well, he said, what did he say? It choked him. So that he had to kind of get that out of his throat before he could do anything else. Which I thought was an amazing way of putting it. And this is, man, I didn't realise this until after your um, stand-up tragedy show, is that he um, he started in spoken word. And I meet a lot of stand-up folk who started in spoken word and moved into comedy. Yeah. I'd love to know that journey and where does that come from? What are the numbers on that? And if there's anything in the opposite direction as well. Yeah. You know, how many comedians go, I really want to write a poem. But, you know, you look at Sarah Millican, started yeah. in stand-up, um, started in spoken word, as obviously did Phil Jupiter, who still, who still, still does. does yeah. um, now I'm running out of good... Well, we have, Rob, we, Rob, Orton. Rob Orton. What do you call yeah. Rob Orton now? Well, I don't know what you call him. What, what is Amazing that Amazing It's is what it's, you call him. His, his current know. show is art and um, the power of music and philosophy and sociology and It's and hilarious, comedy. but then you'll cry the last ten minutes, oh, as will he. I wept like a child. I was thinking, well, I've seen two of Rob's shows, now I'll be immune. <laughs> mm. Because I was sitting at the side and I really felt exposed because people could see me because right at the front, at the side, I thought, right, now I'll I'll look away. Maybe if I look away a bit and do that hard blinking thing, no. And I couldn't stop crying afterwards. And I was saying, well, that was a really good show. And then I'm going to have to go over here now. And he was just going, yeah. And he was really, really tired as well. I don't know if it was because I was tired or what it was, but it was just 
was just beautiful. Like I say, I thought, nah, I'm not going to cry at Rob's show this year. Even worse than last year. Just, and I don't mean worse, I mean... And he's, he's just amazing. He works so hard and puts everything into the promotion of and the production of the show and into every single show. He's physically, he's charging yeah. around the space. He's, as, as you know, this, this one he does his facial... Um, Workout Work thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just jumping up and down, you know, and uh, and then putting everything into this extraordinary thing, which must be different every day, judging by the content that yeah, I saw. I think just, so. Yeah, I, mean, I haven't seen that. it again the second time, but I would imagine it is. Yeah, but he's. I mean, he's an amazing performer. I mean, that, that's and that's the face show. That's his show. Yeah, and yeah, your show is over voices. Where's that on? When's that on? Sorry, yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> Plugged everyone else's show, why? Um, yeah, apart from today, um, it's on air every day at 2.50 in the Banshee Labyrinth in the Banqueting Hall, as it's called. Um, it's only called the Banqueting Hall during this time of the year. The rest of the time, it's the pool, ta- it's the pool hall. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a massive billiard table, which if you go backstage at the Ban- Banshee Labyrinth, you'll see this poor, um, de-legged um, billiard table sitting on its pool table sitting on its side looking quite forlorn taking up a lot of space in that corridor um, but yeah normally it's a, it's, it's a pool hall but I'm amazed what the Banshee Labyrinth has done to that space um, apparently they got sick of me bringing my spotlights in it's just, yeah. and they've, they've put these gorgeous programmable theatre lights in that space it's made such a difference to us Oh, it's, it's just a, it sounds like such a silly thing to say, but if it's one less thing for you to think about, yeah. if you can focus on the show yeah. rather than rigging lights or making sure the sound works or whatever, we can focus on everything else, which is which is which is which is a gift. It really is. Yeah. So the less you have to think about, the more you can trust the 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 space or the people or whatever. The more the more you can put in more energy you can put into the. Um, into the show and you so, run the slick show as well I, I mean, it's, that's why it's taken I, three it's taken three years to get it to well, you've really slick, got it yeah. down like and uh, uh, you know like, you've just got like a flip chart with the different kind of performance names and it's just, it's just, it all works so well it's, it's, just, yeah, it's all on a spreadsheet it's all electronic it's amazing and then it all works so high it so well so slickly until the open mic section where I can <laughs> see, see you on the edge just Anything on the edge goes. of your seat Is it, are they going to run over are they going to run over are they going to run do, over we do we do I'll tell you a secret we definitely leave some redundancy space for the open mic we don't assume they're going to take their two minutes we assume they're going to take a little longer that's wise um, it is wise yeah especially considering the show I was, at, I was in with you it was, there was some overrunning there was some definitely. overrunning you see you kind of like perched forward going I'm too British to say shut up but I'm yeah, going to have yeah, to because yeah. ah that was I really really super felt for you there definitely yeah I felt really bad because I was like I, I don't even think I should even be taking this slot now the other person's <laughs> run over and I'm on second but that was I mean it was great to it was great to be on the other voices stage but it felt like a little bit inappropriate but it's okay in the open mic because anything yeah, goes no, oh sorry I was talking about um, the, your your stand up tragedy oh show stand up tragedy stand up tragedy ran over and over oh that, that did yeah. too no, but yes. you, 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 I love it. You see, there you go. You were imagining me at the side doing exactly what I was imagining <laughs> you at the side doing, which is like, well, well I'm just, I just, I, I, I need to stop this person. I mean, with that stand-up tragedy show, it was like, I don't know if I can stop people in the middle of like heartbreaking, oh, yeah. heartbreaking, heart-rendering moments of like, no. you know. But yeah, but even even when they're just. You know, rattling along reading poetry, and they they don't realise that. Well, no, it was prose. Not yes. realising that prose is going to take a lot longer than they think it is. And you, you know, you you were you were yeah right on the edge. And no. then going up, you know, I, I was like, I, I don't, I I I felt like I should like abdicate my slot. So no, no, it was perfect. You you, you underran your two minutes. And you, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was terribly modest. 
folks. He um, he just he didn't plug his show at all. It's part of what we provide the open mic for is come and plug your show as well. And he got up and he did his piece, which was lovely, and then got down like this. And I went, okay, <laughs> Dave is too much of a gentleman to tell you that this is the show that's coming out. Um, but it was funny doing that show, uh, doing doing the open mic because when I approached, because I was looking for slots generally, mm. and when I approached you, sort of uh, about did you know any slots? You, we sort of had to have the email conversation of you know, I haven't really asked you, are you an other voice or not? Yeah. And then I had to sort of consider, you know, I, I, I and it, it was actually interesting for me because I always I do assume I'm completely not an other voice. Mm. Like, I, I have all of the tick lists of privilege tick lists, mm. but uh, well, apart from. Uh, mental health actually. there you go yeah um, and then that was the thing where I was like oh apart from mental health and then I started like thinking about uh, you know how, mm. how other was my life and I think it's kind of interesting that maybe you know there there is this 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 hardline um, definite like normal yeah. person that we imagine I don't know if they exist right I, 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 f- I find the uh, one of the things I find the most difficult with other voices is is doing this this uh, focusing on the, on the, the the visible other and whether I'm just perpetrating that or whether... Well, and that's why we have this tagline now this year about this show shouldn't exist. Yeah, that's good. Um, that we shouldn't be other voices, we should just be voices. And um, unfortunately we still are, because other people are kind of going, well, you're visibly different, so I can't fit you into my worldview, and uh, I'm just uncomfortable getting you on. And it's just like a, it's this invisibility of, of the other. And, but we were also talking about invisible differences as well, and, you know... Um, now I don't need the walking stick, or at the moment I don't need the walking stick. So I'm back to being invisibly disabled, and that's there was the weird, there were the like swings and roundabouts when I physically had a walking stick and people could see that. That meant they gave me space for that, but it also meant that I kind of got notched down in people's estimation for things. Right. So that's weird, and it's like queerness and mental health in a lot of ways are invisible otherness. So. You know, you are. You know that you're different. You know that you're experiencing the world different, but you can pass far more easily. I remember being. I used to work for uh, Mind Cymru, the mental health charity's um, a big branch in, in Cardiff, and um, we would have these these sort of staff symposia um, every year, and we just it would just be basically open. We just talk about all sorts of things. So I mean, a lot of people who work for mental health charities have their own background whether it's their own family that's why they feel strongly about it or they have their, they've had their own experiences that they're coming right. through or whatever um, yeah my mum was a social worker it's similar there you go yeah I'm absolutely <laughs> sure it is but um, I remember one lass who was black and she was talking about how she used to feel en- well certainly in some ways still feels envious of queer people and she spoke she supports towards me and my colleague and says because you pass no one is immediately going to assume you're different and they're not going to treat you differently because they think you're part of the same. And I know I can choose whether to share um, being queer or being disabled or whatever. It's only when it's necessary to come up and it's that's that's a that's a it's a strange privilege but right. it's still a privilege it's, it's definitely i mean it, it's not just i mean it's not just black people who have that, that situation as well it's mm. you know, trans people anybody that's anyone that can't pass just, right? yeah, yeah absolutely yeah if you if you have to use a walking aid or a, a visual aid or whatever for your disability if if you're very visibly in some way disabled or um of a different um can't think of the word. Why have that gone out of my head? Ethnicity or um, a, a different gender expression. That's that's hard. 
but there's two different types of hard. I mean, if you if you feel invisible, if you feel that this thing you're crying out that's your identity, people can't see it, and you mm. have to work extra hard. You have to go to the extra lengths of saying, by the way, you don't know this, but I'm different. Hi, I, I've 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 snuck into your life as a, a camouflage weirdo, and now I'm going to have to tell you that I'm a weirdo. Um, Hey, this is awkward, right? So, like I say, it swings and roundabouts, because I used to feel like, oh, wouldn't it be just much easier if everyone knew straight away, if I had a badge? Right, you don't don't come out of a closet, you come out of a series of closets every time. Oh, good God, every single goddamn time. You think, you think when you're going to come out that it's going to be, that's it, that, I'm coming out, and that is, it's all over, I'll have my grand coming out, and then never again. Ro- so wrong, yeah, so right. so wrong. Because it's every it's, just, it's every single series of, of of whatever. And in my case, kind of twice because you'd be out on the gay scene, um, and then people sort of kind of make assumptions. Yes, go on. Well, actually, actually, I'm bisexual. I, I like oh, oh, and you have find all all the queer people who have a problem with uh, with bisexual people. You just go. Great, ah, fantastic! Everybody hates me. Yeah, well, um, it's, it's kind of it's nice how we we are all so unified by our prejudices. <laughs> we're all capable of being Every, prejudiced. Yeah, it's, like you say, it's it's. I I, I love that. Exp- I've been at that exploration for for myself. You know, I, I try as hard as I can to, to to push against those things where I find them. It's you have to be very honest when you when you realise that you're. Your, your, your experience of prejudice that you've got a filter in the way of, between you and someone else I think you have to push it you have to find out what that is to be really bold and kind of and say yeah 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 that's actually that's actually happening I'm going to have to deal with that I'm either going to have to talk to them and that's, that means they have to carry the burden of me being um, scared I guess is the best word scared of this difference and they're going to have to take that burden and help me along with it or I'm just going to have to just get on with it and sort out a way of doing it myself I don't know it's... Yeah. but it's still worth doing there's no reason that shouldn't hide it you know so yeah and it's what we I guess with other voices we're encouraging again it's a stealth thing sometimes we kind of go hey come to a cabaret show hey it's going to be fun we've got sweets blah blah incidentally did you notice that every single person on this this stage except possibly for the open mic they're all other you might not even have noticed. They may have done not one single poem about being queer or trans or disabled or whatever. You just might not have noticed. Right. By the way, you still enjoyed the show, didn't you? And they should be hungry. Yeah. The audiences <laughs> should be hungry in the way that you're talking about. Yeah. That we have not been nourished by all of these other voices. Yeah. That I mean, I as a, as all of those boxes of privilege, tick boxes of privilege. I I am hungry for that. Like, and I don't understand why uh, that my 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 fellow uh, privileged people are not not desperate to to hear and listen. I guess if you've never actually tasted a particular fruit gree, you might not even know that's what you're missing. Right. I mean, Mind you, that that title, there's there's a word for you. You don't have it in English, but you do have it in. There's a similar word in Portuguese and in in Welsh and in other languages, called hiraith um, in Welsh, right? Which is that knowing something's missing, but not necessarily knowing it, knowing what it is. It's a terrible translation of just saying it's homesickness. Homesickness is too small a thing because with hiraith, you know there's something wrong. You're not in your right place. There's something missing from you. So if you listen to my accent change. I'm talking about hiraith, but um, yeah, and it's. Uh, and it's it's something, I think it's something that certainly informed me, and it's something that possibly informs more people than they know. It's just that if you don't know the word, if you don't know what you're describing, you just know, oh, maybe I'm hungry. Right. Or maybe I'm thirsty, maybe I just need a wee, I don't know, maybe I'll go for a walk. Yeah. But if you actually don't, if you are able to recognise you're not in your right place, 
it's it's a good start to know to start seeking what your right place is. And I didn't know I was missing writing and performing poetry until I started. And then I was just like, wow, here's that food group. Dear God, you know. Wow. And it's and we've had so many people either coming and doing their first ever open mic with us in Cambridge or even here in the Fringe. Um, it's amazing when you go, was well, this the first time performing in, in, on Edinburgh? in Edinburgh? And they go, actually, it's my first time reading my poetry. And you go, whoa, it's your car. Yeah, that's that's, that's some gonads right there. They've really kind of gone for that. That's extraordinary. And you see people, we, we see people in slams in Cambridge. They may have lost, right? So recently with this one guy, he came, he did quite badly. Um, and he was, he'd been like, he'd been lit up. And you could tell, this is the man who got the bug. He wasn't going to not do performance poetry ever again. He was like, right, this is I'm going to write this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to just going to push myself and do it every chance I get. Because he was just grinning from ear to ear, having had an atrocious score. But he, he, he was starting to find his right place. You know? I love seeing that. I love... This is why I love doing cabaret shows, why I like hosting yeah. other people's shows, is watching people get up and say... Unlike with our established performers getting up for other voices and saying, I don't feel safe talking about my body anywhere else. I don't feel safe using this language. I don't feel safe talking about my life, myself, in this unfettered, unfiltered way. But I can do it here. That's amazing. And it's it's a real sort of twisted emotion because part of me just goes, yeah, I really want to celebrate that we've made that stage. And then I feel incredibly sad that we're the one stage that people have felt they can do that. That's... Yes. That's a tragedy as well. So there right. you go. You know, no, it is. It's, it's a combined triumph and tragedy, and you kind of go, okay, we've done that once. Let's make this happen in other places. So I guess yeah, that's the, that. People are doing a lot of what's next after Edinburgh, and I think that's that's my what next is how we make that more normal. How we make to bring your truth to different stages. How we bring everyone's voices, however other or not other they feel. Bring your truth out. Come get, do it. But you the know? thing is, you guys, of all the people who are other, mm. you are doing it. Um, but you know it, what it also requires is the people to listen. They need they, they, that's that's a big part of it too. I but, feel like like um, people like the people commissioning all of these mm, kind of things, oh, like yeah, the people oh, yeah. who have control over how those voices get 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 amplified. Yeah, they need to make some changes. You, but you also, yeah, but it, it all just needs to be up there so that people can. I, for me, the, the the diversity thing is also supposed to be should be about aspiration. Right. One of the things, one of the boxes, I didn't even know that we hadn't quite that that I really wanted to tick, and we hadn't yet with other voices. In our third year now, we had uh, a lady called Rose Condo. She came to our open mic last week, and she stayed behind afterwards. Obviously, to flyer exit flyer as you go out because she had a show, and then she said to me. You won't remember, I came to your show last year and I sat in the audience and it inspired me to bring to do my own show and bring it to Edinburgh. And I welled up, I won't lie, and I hugged this very polite Canadian woman who I'm sure was a little bit startled um, in my corset and all the rest of it. Oh my God. Um, because that that's kind of like, that was the last missing link that we'd actually said to another female performer, go out and do your thing. Right. You yeah. know? That's amazing. That's extraordinary. I I've, I feel frankly tingly that we've done that. You know, we said yes. You yes, you can do it. It's a whole show saying yes. 
you know? Yeah, and it's positive. That's one mm. of the things I like the most about other uh, voices. Because, it's it's yeah. positive. The, the, the idea that everyone has is, well, I'm going to go and see a load of people who are marginalised and they're just going like, <laughs> to attack me and tell me, that, uh, <laughs> tell me that it's my fault and they're going to moan about it and I'm going to have to hear about it. No, it's, it's not like that. We have people assuming that because it's a, a Muliebrous show, because it's about women's power, that it's going to be anti-men. No way. And in fact, actually not. It's not it doesn't mention that at all. It's... You know, it's about saying, this is who I am, this is what my body is, this is how I, this is what my brain is, this is who I am, these are my emotions, and owning them and being allowed to very proudly say on stage, this is my life. And I, 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 the very British part of me say, oh, you're, you're overstating things now, you're just, you know, <laughs> bringing these kind of qualities to your, to your own showing off, showing off is bad. But um, I, I honestly believe it does, especially this year, just the sheer number of people who've come out afterwards and said, thank you you know I'm thanking I'm busy thanking them for bringing it and they're saying thank you for providing it and for me it just seemed to be a natural step Cat Brogan was actually one of the people who inspired us the show because last year two years no let's see 2012 early 2012 she says on Facebook where are all the women because I'm sure like many other higher profile female performers she was constantly being the one woman on the bill kind of thing she and Sophia Walk. She and Sophia Blackwell at one point were the one woman you'd see on on shows in London, right. poetry shows, and you just think, oh come on. And I think she was feeling that frustration. Where are all the women? And we we, we know the answer. We know where all the women are. Um, we just weren't. You weren't seeing them. There's a certain. There was a certain. There was a definite kind of glass ceiling with things. And I don't even know if it's deliberate. I think that's part of the problem. Is it's unconscious. I don't think people are consciously blocking the way for female poets and poets of colour and disabled poets and trans poets I think they're just not thinking about right. it because they don't have to I, don't, actually that's yeah it. maybe that's I it I think it's that maybe it is I mean, that and, and, and I say it from a point of view of, of yeah I guess I don't have to but my life has not been one that has has, has not been exposed to other voices mm. so I mean I guess I, I had that in my you know in my family home and you mm. know you know Whatever. Some of my best family members are black, um, but but you know, like it, 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 it's it's a privilege that people have to not think about those mm, issues. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's not a privilege that I've in in that respect had. Although I've got loads of other privileges that come with my yes. skin color and all that. Yeah. Um. And and, and I just wish that, that that you know because you know majority of men aren't the patriarchy yeah. they, I mean some of them are they're the ones who are making the problems but 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 the majority they just they either don't think about it or they're just too immersed in their own yeah. lives to because to, 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 we all are a bit like that you know we all get yeah in well, our own well, lives that's the definition of chauvinism yeah, isn't that's, it that's, is, is that you only see the world from your own perspective right right that's true it's yeah this is something I get annoyed about the use of the word chauvinism because it's not just about male privilege it's about your your own filter of your own life being like you and you know that's who you're assuming everyone else is like you I saw a talk between two um female writers at a literary festival where one of them um uh, a very important very privileged uh, quite famous economist stated that feminism has done its job and is no longer needed and her evidence was that for this was that um basically um higher educated um uh privileged white women are doing fine in the UK so um, feminism is no longer needed and this other woman who if I'd have assumed either of them would have got it wrong uh, and it was terrible there's my prejudice it was the much more glamorously dressed younger woman who's doing this kind of like pop psychology book 
Uh, and she was just she looked over it and you could see her thinking, I admire this woman deeply. I'm going to have to tell her I'm wrong, but I'm going to do it. Um, I don't actually agree. Um, because that's quite a small fragment of the population you're saying is fine now. That's not really the point. And I really wanted to applaud that one. And I was working at this literary festival to sit there going, I can't have an opinion, but I really have an opinion. <laughs> and it was, yeah, we, we just, you see it all the time as well. Um, other, other women backing that up, backing up the notions of putting us down and putting in a box and just that that yeah. I think almost makes me more angry than people who can't see it because they haven't lived it yeah oh. it makes it makes. I think it makes me a little bit more angry too but it's an even like more questionable thing for a man to get involved in like, <laughs> do you know what you should have more feminism there's you know, get, get you know. Yeah. I, it's not my job to tell women how to be feminists. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, difficult, isn't it? <laughs> this is enti- I didn't even know this conversation was going to go here. I thought there was going to be a whole thing about um, the anti-slam or whatever. All the other, all the yes, other things. Yes, you know what? Be- I haven't even brought that up. Oh, Yesterday, they yeah. won the anti-slam, <laughs> and it was the most amazing night of of amazing like poets just taking the piss out of themselves, and Faye. <laughs> Oh, it was like when I came in. I was like, I like I saw you in your in your, in your costume, and I I, I, I sort of I, I made a joke, sort of joke ish thing of you, you you know you look you look you did look amazing, but, but it was a joke, you know. Um, and then you yeah you just did this amazing piece. Of, it was it was awful. pure comedy. It, it was, was amazing. The worst thing I've ever done in my life. It yeah. was. I mean, it was terrible, it was but terrible. it was meant to be terrible. Oh, this is yeah. I hope so. Um, well, the anti-span is the worst poem. Wi- it poem it wins, really right? is the worst, and I didn't even do a poem, so I think that's probably why it was, amazing. It was bad. Um, yeah, no, so like, yeah. So I'm, but actually, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we, 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 we headed off into the deeper waters rather than the whole kind of self-aggrandizing. I'm thing. not very good at swimming in the, the non-deep waters. It's, it's something that people <laughs> either like or don't like, but they have no choice about when they start talking. Well, to you, do, you do the whole, you do the spark stuff, don't you? you do the yeah, kind of like true stories. stories and all that kind of thing. So yeah, you, it's all about the authenticity. It's all about the inner truth and all the rest of it with you so that's yeah, yeah i'd be surprised if we didn't end up there yeah i mean know? in fact i mean we've, we've we got so into it so quickly i didn't even ask you the second question that i ask everybody Ooh, okay. which is what, <laughs> what do you do now so what do you do when someone asks you that question oh, that delightful God. question um very very literally the next thing after the fringe is i go back to work on tuesday um i work full-time for a branch of uh, cambridge university i'll be going back to my job as a business change manager a project manager um one of the things that make that tickles me so much is that in my interview, um, I used the fact that I'd brought a show. This is just after my first show taken to Edinburgh. I used the fact that I'd taken a show to Edinburgh to show that I could do project management. And they were a bit surprised by that. And then, then they went, yeah, I, su- I don't suppose that deadline moves. I was like, no, <laughs> you have a limited budget and you have to manage people. And if you've had to manage poets, then... You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, you know, and you—it's brilliant because the two things have actually fed into each other. I, I got the job, um, and uh, it, was, it was great. But it's you know, the two things have fed into each other a, a remarkable amount. You take the things you've learned from events and from managing people and poets and audiences and managing expectations and all those lovely business phrases and all the rest of it, and you take the lessons you've learned there and you can apply them to work situations. Um, I'm much more confident just going up to complete strangers and telling them what they're going to do and charming them and flattering them in a very short amount of time because you get really super good at that, flying on the mile, talking to audiences and the rest of it. You just get really good at reading people, knowing what they're going to need to hear. I say that like I'm terribly good at my job. I'm still learning, obviously. I reckon but you're you pretty good at your job. You're you're being modest. Ah. But uh, But also the fact that you... you, (laughs) But then you kind of go backwards, you kind of take that project management stuff and apply 
professional standards to doing what's still for me my hobby to a certain extent so you say actually no we're going to have a timetable and we're going to have a spreadsheet and a rotor and we're going to just do it right and it again i was talking about that whole thing with the lights in the in the um in the banshee it's another thing to drop off the list of things that are worrying you exactly the same as when you when you come out for example you don't have to have that taking part of your brain who knows who doesn't know how should i say what if they'll judge me if you've got that out of the way you can just do your job with these people or you can be a family member or be a friend with these people and so the same with with organizing an arts event um you can be more artistic because you've taken all the logistical worry out by being more organized beforehand and it sounds boring and it sounds stifling but actually it's a lot more freeing Mm -hmm. to be a boring bastard beforehand and say right no sorry no i can't no you can't do it because yeah i love your stuff too and i know you're going home tomorrow but it's too late and poor that's hard work but again you take that then you take that back to work and you can still say to people no cut off there sorry and if you've ever had to turn around a show in an hour suddenly deadlines at work are super long yeah i do it by tomorrow not a problem wow i don't have people like a hundred people queuing in to get to a 50 person venue for rob's show that i have to clear out a whole bunch of um, of decorations and get him in in 10 minutes everything's easy you know yeah right yeah it's, it's, it's quite liberating coming to the fringe for that reason you yeah. do discover that you are capable of a lot more than you oh, expected God, yeah people say oh i don't I'm know really how you'd cope that. you'd cope when you do it you do it and yeah. you cope most yeah, you people do. do. I'm so proud yeah. of our of our spoken word team because with with you know, you always have one or two people who, who who for whatever reason they they have to give up and sometimes that's personal family stuff and sometimes it is just too rough for them or whatever. But everyone's stepped up and each year we see it more, the quality's higher, the dedication's higher, the work's higher. People are just put it, bringing more and more of themselves and more and more professionalism and yeah. and still maintain that community feel. Yeah. I'm just so proud of us yeah, all yeah. because we're still doing all of those things and doing them well. We're making better connections with the local scene. We're, we're being more, I don't know, we're just being more respectful of everything and having more fun. I don't know how we're doing this, but we do seem to be just doing it right. Well, I don't, I'll tell you what, I don't know how you do so much. Like how you do so many different... Spreadsheets. Kind of, yeah, spreadsheets. All the way. Sure. Yeah, but I mean, still, there's, there's, you know, I'm sure your spreadsheets are brilliant, but they're made by you, and that's, what I'm, that's who I'm complimenting. Thank you. But, but, but yeah, I mean, and the... Yeah, so it's it's been a real pleasure getting better acquainted with you, actually. And I, I it's been surprising to me because we got so into so many things that you know there's loads of things I didn't talk to you about. I was gonna we we both hail at least for some of our lives yes, from Cardiff, right? Yes. So I, I could have talked about. I love that. the way you say Cardiff. You don't just say Cardiff. You say Cardiff. No, no, well, yeah. Well, if, I, if 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 someone from Cardiff rang me up, it would be yeah, like I'd like go straight up. into into my old accent. Oh, it's coming out of it now. <laughs> yeah, you see. Um, but, Whose coat is that jacket? And oh, the last, yeah, <laughs> and the last, uh, the last question that I ask my guests uh, is: Do you have anything to plug? Do I have anything to plug? Well, we talked about other voices, um, which is on every day, as we said, at Banshee Labyrinth at two fifty. Um, I'm going to be doing. Well, you'll have missed it, but the Cabernet of Curiosities tonight, which is just the 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 weirdest cabaret show in the world, um, and just PBH Free Fringe Spoken Word section is a thing of beauty that I'm very very proud to be part of um, and have had at least some hand in, in helping to make happen um, we a you were also well, not as much this year yeah, um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. but we've, we we build higher foundations each year and we keep standing higher making it better and more more extraordinary more awesome each year and I guess that was that's part of the what next for your second question 
was you know help just again helping to make you know PBHP fringe in general but also the spoken word section in particular making that stronger again next year but I and taking other voices to other places and doing more stuff in Cambridge as well I really want to um, we want to do like an alternative literary festival we want a bard for Cambridge and bards are different from uh, poet laureate I've bent so many people's ears about it it's, it's time it's happened <laughs> a poet laureate is sent from on high to speak to the people in a in you know in terms they'll understand yeah. about the royal wedding how much money they spent on the royal wedding or whatever you know to, to policies in verse form um whereas a bard is elected by the people it's it's a very old kind of tradition they say that the people are the breath and the bard is the voice and the bard is this the skill with words that takes the kind of the thoughts and feelings of the people to those in power and such an important thing we've seen it work in a lot of different parts of the UK we want to do it in Cambridge I want to make a big thing of it sort of end the the, the journey the trials towards becoming a bard with the festival and with the, the chairing of the first bard so we'll be doing that summer next year um, we're looking to get funding and do it properly and yeah we've been talking about it for so long now it's just it's if I just keep telling enough people it's going to happen, give it a date and make it happen, even if it's with a shoestring budget of two quid, that I've got from the back of the sofa, we're going to do it, and we'll have a bard for Cambridge. So, That's yeah, amazing. That's amazing. So exciting. And, and you have a website, I'm sure. I do have a website, yes. Um, for me, it's www.fayroberts.co.uk, from which you'll get links to pretty much everything else. Um, I have a pamphlet out uh, now, which I've published through Anagraphic Press. Trish is giving me lovely thumbs up at the background there. She's giving me a, a very nice message. Which That's right, because that was another thing I, was, uh, yes. I didn't even get into reviews on publishing side. Publishing side. Of, of what All you of do. It. But people will just have to find They're out more They're just going to have to find website. out more. That is www.allographic. That's A-L-L-O-G-R-A-P-H-I-C.co.uk. That's allographic.co.uk. Other voices you find um, by going... Uh, HTTP and then it um, all the rest of those things and it's in bit bit dot ly bitly forward slash other voices pbh and that'll take you to our to our website brilliant and well, that's it that's all of the things and there's pbh spoken word you can find all of us all of these things on social media or we're on twitter and facebook we haven't got tumblr or instagram or any of those things yet but twitter and facebook we're there and my, my show, Stand Up Tragedy, uh, Stand if up people tragedy. want to see it before the 24th, it's on at 7.30 every day at the Banshee Labyrinth, different lineup every night, and there's going to be two more of these live conversations at 3.15 at the Royal Oak. Uh, tomorrow we've got Tama Katan, who's been Woo-hoo. mentioned in this uh, conversation, and on, on, the, on the Friday we've got Megan Cohen, who's doing oh, a fab. really amazing show yes. called Take Me Home. Um, so those are, those are my plugs. The last thing I ask my guests to do is uh-huh. to say goodbye to the audience. You've got kind of two audiences, so you can... It's been an exclusive and intimate thing. Um, well, Trish and... Oh, Anthony. Anthony, I'm so terrible with names. I'm so sorry. Oh, Anthony Hett. Yes. It's all come together. Hooray! <laughs> Fabulous, because on your posters you're with the hair and everything. Sorry, <laughs> it's a whole conversation, so I'm getting better acquainted with these guys as well. Um, well, Trish, Anthony, thank you so much for coming. Um, and thank you guys for listening online. And thank you, Dave, for asking us. And, um, yeah, goodbye. Have a lovely day. Cheers. Bye, everybody. Bye! <laughs> If you're interested in hearing about masculinity and what patriarchy does to men and to all people, if you go to the Unbound website, and there'll be a link to this in the show notes, you can find Mansplaining Masculinity over there and pre-order a copy of that book. Unbound is a kind of cross between a publishing company and a crowdfunding 
company, which means that the way that the books get published is that people who want to read the books pre-order those books. They can pre-order them as a digital copy or as a hardback, or they can pledge more money to get different kinds of things along with the book that they're pre-ordering. You can find all of that stuff over on mansplainingmasculinity.co.uk. If you're interested in reading about me and my dad and our relationship and dementia and memory and time and history and politics and love and friendship check out my essay series down to a sunless sea memories of my dad as well as making getting better acquainted i also co-produce and i guess star in the magical realist audio drama podcast the family tree in order to keep making it and to make season two as good as we want it to be we need your help so if you can afford to then please do consider signing up to our patreon appeal you can find getting better acquainted on twitter at gba podcast you can find it on facebook at getting better acquainted and you can find it anywhere that podcasts go to hang out with each other on the internet and if you want to email me personally that's gba podcast at gmail.com or i'm goosefat101 on twitter and remember there are lots of ways to get better acquainted <laughs>